Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Going at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is uh, an annoyed, a frustrated, it's the Blue Heaven podcast. <laughs> What's going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. That gentleman right over there across the the, the table for me is DMAC underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. Doug, the Dodgers lost again. They did it real embarrassingly, and that's what a lot of people I'm assuming are going to talk about in the comments, but I want to know how you're doing, my friend. I am it's more of the same from this team. I mean, we saw last week they get the big personally. I personally I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. <laughs> I mean, I live vicariously through the success or failure of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I know I probably need some more things. hobbies, more things to do, but still I when this team wins, I'm in a much better mood. But this team, they are what they are at this point. I call them the LA Los Angeles Midgers a few weeks ago. And right now they're still hovering right around five hundred. And this team got dominated. The pitching was bad. Stay Hulu Arias didn't have the fastball command. He looked frustrated out there. He looks like he's bothered a little bit by the pitch clock. He just does not look like himself out there on the mound. The offense, more inconsistency out of them. And like we saw, they had their best win of the season a few weeks ago, right? When they get the walk off, they follow that up with the stinker. And then you see today, look, it's the same situation. Momentum is only as good as the next day start, and we saw that today. So, yeah, definitely not feeling great about this team at the moment. Usually you would assume you would feel really confident coming off of a, a, a win as, I don't know, it was such a great win on Thursday night. You got, it wasn't a walk-off, but you got a game-winning grand slam from your potential rookie of the year candidate and you got your stopper you got your ace you got julio urias going the next day you would think hey it's about time to start a win streak wasn't meant to be it's been two weeks two long weeks since uh since this team has put together a win streak but on today's show yes we are going to talk about how the dodgers look bad and are making us feel bad on the inside um We'll just openly talk Dodger ideas all together here. We want you guys in the comments to have some fun with us today. Uh, I wonder, is it time to change things up for the sake of changing things up? A little bit of conversation there. Mookie at shortstop. We're, we're seeing some conversation about that. Is there any help for this team at the minor leagues? Is there any free agents? Is there anybody they could bring in to help? Plus some injury updates. Hey, Michael Grove is hurt. Another <laughs> fifth starter bites the dust. So before we get into it, guys, let us know where you are representing Dodgers Nation tonight. Drop into the comments. Drop your area codes. Let us know where you're at. Let's talk. Let's have some, um, I don't know if it's have some fun, but let's try to create something out of therapy. Uh, a, a 10 Th and 11 healing. Dodger team. Friday Fun Show. Friday Fun Show. Friday exactly. Fun Show. DJ, uh, DJ Producer Cody. You know I spell fun, right? W-I-N. And the Dodgers have not been doing that consistently didn't pass high school. enough. 
Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, they haven't won back-to-back games since early April. When on four on April fourth and April sixth, that Rockies home game, that Diamondbacks road game, and yeah, this team they have been sputtering of late. And I think you said it best: the momentum that you get last night, the big go-ahead blast by James Albin. Yeah, Mookie, who wasn't even there by the time the first pitch was played, he goes in there, gets that big six-three double play, gets a base hit himself. You're thinking this team they have a signature win; they're going to build upon that. But yeah, the offense they did not show up today they were dominated and this team has just been inconsistent on both sides I mean if you look at right now this Dodgers pitching staff and I've warned about this even leading into the season about the number of hits they've given up right now they're second all of major league baseball in hits allowed at 189 and we don't have that positioning you have that restricted shift you're going to run into problems but yeah Julio Urias I mean you see him out there and he has a start like that he loses a couple million dollars every time he has a start like that for the grand scheme of things. Maybe not that bad. I think uh, I think he honestly, to me, watching the start of the game, um, it looked like he was a little off rhythm, and it was exacerbated by that that blatant missed call. That I put a lot of that that missed strike three call on Austin wins. He did not frame that well. He kind of reached down on on a slider low uh, low in the zone, and he did not help. And that's where you see the difference of elite framing with Austin Barnes, with Will Smith, um, and somebody who's catching Julio Urias for the first time just didn't add up. That's not the only reason they lost, obviously. When you get one hit, uh, it's more than just the pitching, but it, does, it doesn't help to uh, get you in a good the good vibes to give up two runs in the first inning. But let's get into some of the comments here. Steven Auger says, this is far from heaven. I could not agree more. Joseph, it was the worst game ever. Maybe not worst game ever, but I mean, it's got to be somewhat in the conversation. If, if, we're, uh, if we're talking about recency bias, it was a, it was a rough game to, uh, to sit through. Yeah, that definitely didn't feel good, especially when you're trying to fight off just not getting a perfecto thrown against you. And, hey, Dave Peralta comes up with another big hit for the Dodgers this season. At least they're not on the wrong side of history from that standpoint. But still, I think if you're this Dodgers team, you don't have an identity at this point. You still aren't at full health. But still, they have enough talent in there to put together better at-bats today. Julio Urias is a guy you feel confident anytime he goes out there on the mound. And he just didn't have you. If you look at the velocity of his fastball, it was down today. He, they were hitting it. They were getting their bat to it, to it. And I think for him, I think you bring up a good point in not having that chemistry with Austin wins. But I also know that Julio, he won't make that excuse. He'll tell you that he needed to be better. And he expects more out of himself. And yeah, I mean, if, if you're a guy that you want to put this team on your shoulders, be that Urias of the team, you got to go out there and perform a little better. But still, no run support. Not a lot of great executed pitches there. Got squeezed a little bit. But yeah, I mean, this is a star that you want to forget if you're Julio Urias. 100,000%. Uh, Kevin Uhas is in the stream. DKM is in the stream. Savage Society with a comment I believe Doug will very much enjoy. Says we are witnessing the 1992 Dodgers in 2023. Wow. Throwback yeah. Friday. There we go. Yeah, we're talking, you know, Clay and I were talking about that before the show today is these kids are spoiled. They don't know about right? the Ricky Ladays. They don't know about the Milton Bradleys. They don't know about that 2005 Dodger team led by Jim Tracy. DJ Holton represent. My DJ guy. Holton, wow, ace, nice pull there. Ace starter right there. Yeah, I mean, this team, though. Back in, back in our day stuff. I was like, 1992, I was like, I was negative 10 years yeah. old. No, we're talking, right now, we're naming off uh, 05 that, guys. That uh, 2000, but I, look, that, that, that 92 team, I mean, you're talking about. Jason Phillips. That, that's really, I want to say that that's one of the only teams that, 
finished well under 500. They had like 63 wins that season. They really, really were a terrible performing team. And they had some lean years after that 88 World Series. So, yeah, it's not going to be that bad, guys. I mean, let's all not press that panic button. The sky isn't falling just yet. You still have a lot of talent on this team. But I don't think you're going to see a 63 season. But still... Those people out there that said, hey, this is a team that's going to be hovering around 500, a team that could win 81 games. I think so far, if you look at this team, how they perform, if you look at the schedule right now, I'm concerned how this team's going to look at the end of May record-wise. Because you know you can't lose the division in April, but you can't win it. I mean, you can't win it, but you can't yeah. lose You can't lose it. And I think every so far, win counts. Everyone counts. <laughs> and every loss counts. They're all the same amount, whether they're in April or in uh, September. So you really want to try to get a couple of these games, get a little what they used to call momentum. Uh, there is no momentum going for this team right now. Anthony Keene says, happy Friday, my dudes. Jerry, with a good comment over on Facebook, says, don't fit, fix what's broken. Because <laughs> you guys see, usually if it's yeah, it ain't I, broke, I don't it. fix it. But now they, you know, they're not good. Dave Luna. Dave Luna in the stream says, hi, guys. Aside from not wanting to start the clock on Bush and Pajes, why not bring them up over Luke Williams? I'd let Miguel uh, yeah, Miguel Vargas play shortstop. Rojas gave him reps there. Uh, I, I wanted to wait a little bit before we talk about uh, Michael Bush. I mean, Pajes doesn't make all of the sense because they don't need another outfielder at the moment. But also at the same time, you just kind of need to get some, uh, you know, productive uh, <laughs> hitters. Anybody that can put a bat on the ball and advance it instead of popping it up or, or whatever it may be. So the uh, I don't know. I, I think we really could be seeing somebody like Michael Bush sooner rather than later because he has so little to prove down at AAA, and he's tearing the cover off the ball. Uh, more on him later. Yeah. Craig in the stream and find some comments here, find some area codes, all that kind of stuff. Craig's checking in from the 310. Osterberg, hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, let's see. Let's get a little bit further down. What do you got? We got some people talking about Mookie at shortstop. Sarah Morris says, says I don't like Mookie at shortstop because he can be injured. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. It's a fair point. I think that is one of the top cons if you want to consider making a move like that. But at this point, you're looking at the net benefits in this team. They really need all the offense they can possibly get. And putting Mookie at shortstop means, especially against a right-handed pitcher, the lefties in the outfield having him out there could give you a boost because, look, this Dodgers offense, from a shortstop standpoint, they've been absolutely terrible so far this season. Dodgers shortstops so far this year just have been able to get it done just 10 hits on the year they've gone 10 of 83 from that position and you're talking about a position that had a trade turner that had before that a Corey Seager yeah definitely you want to see some more production out of that spot then we got Roy Estrada who said who in the heck thought it was a good idea to sign Reed <laughs> Roy Estrada and the oh. DFA King and Jake Reed we got um, Steve Augur says I'm not ready to give up on Trace Thompson yet I mean We've get into that. I mean, his numbers since uh, I am. You are going to get into that. Okay. No, 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 not that. I'm ready. Oh, you're ready. I was ready before the season. He he fooled everyone with this three home run game, but April Fools. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, look, the love the kid, but you you gotta you gotta have some sort of protection. You can't have him in a lineup along with Jason Hayward and Miguel Vargas, who isn't quite you know producing at the level they hoped yet and you know what Mookie's not doing all that great at the moment Freddie's not in the 
quite locked in a zone that he wants to be, despite me calling it and fixing him, the Clint Cure being just for one game apparently these days. Um, really, the lineup needs Will Smith, but it also needs to have fewer uh, black holes in the lineup. Yeah, no, I mean, you said it best for sure. I mean, yeah, the Clint Cure, though, I wish you just Clint Cure the whole entire team at this point, not even an individual <laughs> player. Just go for the whole entire team. But, yeah, the reality with Trace Thompson is that – his numbers overall, you look at them and you say, okay, they're not terrible. I mean, an OPS over 800, hitting just under 200, but that's inflated due to that three home run game that he had. And also, too, he's still struggling against left-handed pitching. And until he proves that he can hit lefties, I think the jury is out on him. And so far this year, he's hitting just 111 against Sal Paws with a 516 OPS with 10 strikeouts and 18 at-bats. So if you're going to hang your hat on being a lefty killer – but you don't hit lefties and you're, you've been mediocre after that three home run game against righties. Yeah. I think the clock is ticking. It does feel like the clock has struck midnight on Trey's Thompson and we'll see how much longer he has on this team. But yeah, if you look at this outfit as a whole, they've been really struggling to put up consistent numbers, but yeah, I think, I think it's safe to say that trace is they're kind of in a last ditch effort to see what they have out of him. And I remember, a few months ago when, or probably a month and a half ago when I said, Hey, IKF Isaiah kind falefa is ready and available for the Yankees. You could trade trace Tom's for him, get some more infield depth. And that actually would have helped this team right now. So I'm trying to think three moves ahead, like Mr. 3d chess, Andrew Friedman, <laughs> and trying to take advantage of trace Thompson's trade value while he had some trade values. Yeah, but uh, at the po point at the moment, not a value for trace, you know, it's, um, it's not all on trace. Obviously there's a lot of problems with this team and maybe the problem is these boys are not getting a good enough night's sleep guys. Got to tell you about Manta mask. It is the Manta sleep mask. They make the world's best sleep mask and sleep accessories. Look at how comfy Douglas looks at this moment. Everything they do is to enable better lives through better sleep so you can go out and get some hits. That's what the boys need to do. Hey, these, tea, this, these guys, man of mask, man of sleep, they work relentlessly to improve and optimize sleep that you so that you can have the energy to go out and hit some bombs or to live your best life in whatever you may be doing. So check out mantasleep.com today so you can sleep better anywhere, anytime, and maybe the Dodgers will uh, string together some wins. Yeah, you comfy? Yeah, no, I'm like I'm relaxed over Doug, here. Doug, wake like, up, Doug, wake like up. Like, yeah, I, have, I almost feel like I have a Jose Vizcaino's glasses on from back in the day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, nice and relaxed. This product, what a great product. I mean, the bats, they actually shouldn't have this because they've been asleep. This is the pro. It comes with accessories and and other little things. It also has little earplugs, so you know. Ooh. You could tune Doug out. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's uh, let's jump into more of it. So I already kind of said it. Dodgers look bad and are making us feel bad. Sm Drew Smiley, Drew effing Smiley, perfect through seven innings, and it took a literal like catastro near catastrophic collision play with his catcher for them to break up the perfect game. And no hitter and all that. And David uh, Peralta, the only guy who gets a hit in the ball game. Just an embarrassing game. Cody Bellinger keeps belly bombing on the Dodgers. Hey, I, I, I've said it online a few times. The Dodgers finally fixed Cody Bellinger's swing. It's just that it happened against them and not when he's in L.A. 
Yeah, a little spiteful there by Cody Bellinger to do that. To really, that that's this is like a hate revenge series, and I give him a lot of credit because he continues to rig. Belly keeps hitting boppers. How about yesterday? A four hundred and twenty foot blast on four twenty. It was his fourth home run of the of the year and his twentieth hit of the year on four twenty. Of course, that's cannabis that Christmas, Bong Kapoor. Chronica, Hashishana, whatever you want to call it. We but heard all these earlier uh, in the office, by the way, and and just high holy day. Okay, I'm done. But yeah, I mean vintage Doug deliciousness. But hey, look at yesterday. It was a it was anything you can do, I can do better with James Albin. He had his own 420 yeah. foot blast. He had his own outfield assist. So yeah, Cody Bellinger, and I a think, grand salami. and a grand salami to really. Oh man, if it wasn't for James Albin at this point in the season, where would this team be? I think that's a really interesting thought there. I know we got something special. I, I see, I see Cody making faces and waving his hands around. We got two, two super two chats, super chats. two super chats. Two super chats. This hurts a whole lot. I'm pretty sure it tore my rotator cuff, but I'm gonna just clap and like. All right, you can stop clapping. Just like, I had to clap through the explanation. What are the fine comments telling us? Well, first, if uh, you're a doctor, please um, come visit. Clay. Yeah, if, <laughs> if anybody wants to check me out for free, call me. Okay, anyways, uh, <laughs> MH, Dodger for Life, Dodgers Nation Hall of Famer, $99.99. Need something positive. Hope we do something for Kershaw. Maybe his last year. Want a full season World Series for him. Appreciate that. Could not agree more because all of that is good. It's a super chat. It's Kershaw, who we love, by the way. Congratulations. 200 career wins, all in Dodger blue. An absolute freaking legend and it's you know thank you it it's so you know what, what is it you know you don't know uh when you're living in the good old days but th these are days that in a few years maybe even by this time next year we are going to be missing these days hard of watching clayton edward kershaw do his thing no, absolutely. I mean, the fire, the intensity that he showed the other night, I mean, that's what players need to strive to be. A guy that has accomplished everything you can possibly accomplish. You see his trophy case, has every trophy on it, but still in year 16, to have that kind of fire, to know how much he wanted that record. And yes, the value of wins and losses has diminished and been discounted in a lot of statisticians' eyes, but I love what he said after the game in that it is a team award. Yeah. So that's why it means so much to him. So yeah, for him to pull into third place there and if you look at that winning percentage it's as high as it gets when it comes to 200 wins for a career and I think 429 starts so yeah Clayton Kershaw man what more can you say about the guy I think that everyone can take a page out of his book for this team and that hey you have to go out there each and every day execute follow your routine where sometimes I think this team you put together a couple of good games a couple of good at bats and then you kind of take a little little foot off the gas there and you're not as locked in. Whereas Clayton Kershaw, yeah. you're out there executing. Even if he's not getting the results, it's not because of lack of focus. And I think this team, the at-bat quality is just not there. They're not grinding out at bats and getting enough hits in key situations. And I think, yeah, this offense, I'm looking for a players only meeting saying enough is enough. I mean, it is early in this season, but this is a team that has World Series aspirations and they're just not playing up to their capabilities. Yeah. And look, when James Altman is the, James Altman's been the team MVP. James Alman has been the best Dodger so far this season, and we're talking about a 25-year-old rookie that was picked in the seventh round. This team is filled with all-star talent and guys who really should be playing better. And look, they got to have to have this refuse-to-lose mentality, I think, in the next few games because it could get ugly. I'm telling you, go look at that May schedule. It is terrifying. Yeah, there, there's some things that can uh, 
<clears throat> quickly put you 10 games behind the division leading Arizona Diamondbacks. But uh, looking up at the D-backs. Let's, let's not let's try. We were positive for a second. Now let's get to another positive. What do you what else you got for me, Cody? Like I said, we had two super two, chats. So we two have a super chats. One. Back to back. Kevin Yuhas, five dollars said, This is a lineup I want moving forward. Mookie doesn't do it for me at leadoff. One through five hitters include Outman, Muncie, Betts, Freeman, and then Will Smith. Thoughts? I mean, my thoughts on that are if you look at James Altman on base percentages there, but you're going to see some regression when it comes to the strikeouts. He's striking out at over a 30% rate. So the strikeouts are a little high. He is a guy that has been taking his walks early on this season. I think unless you bring in a guy that is a little more bat to ball singles base hit oriented, I think that maybe you're going to keep Mookie at the leadoff spot because the reality, unless look with Will Smith out of the lineup, I'm absolutely fine with that. You can have James Altman hitting leadoff. He's been fantastic, but still you also don't want to lose him as a run producer, as a guy that's built to slug. I mean, just look at, he leads all rookies with five home runs. So you definitely want to keep him in that part of his game and not have a guy that's going there kind of stressing, I'm going to have to get on base, I want to draw walks. You want him to get up there and you want him to do damage. And at the leadoff spot, that not necessarily that's not necessarily the mentality or the mindset. So I'm fine with it in a pinch with Will out, but with everyone healthy, I still like Mookie at the leadoff spot until they bring in, a Tim Anderson type or someone <laughs> that you can get hit. We got to get there first. Yeah. And I am fully on board with the idea of changing things for the sake of changing things, but uh, appreciate the super chat. We'll dig a little bit more into uh, that in a minute because I uh, wanted to get through this little first part of the show here. Cause we got to talk about this game and what we're seeing out of the team right now. Um, if it's not the bats doing nothing, it's the pitching is just plainly not good. And that is uh, you can't have both sides not working well, not playing well together. You got to have bats working and pitching working and I guess defense working and all that. But I don't know. There's just they're, they're not playing very good baseball, whether it is just literally only, um, you know, pitching issues in one game. Like, like Freddie talked about a couple of weeks ago. Like we're if we're hitting, we're not pitching. If we're pitching, we're not hitting. But uh, they're not playing a very good brand of baseball. We're seeing people running into outs. Uh, JD Martinez running into more outs on the bases than uh, I think anybody in 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 the league right now. You're popping up with runners at third and less than two outs. Just not moving the ball forward. Not putting together productive outs. Um, more no, I wouldn't say more often than not, but they're just not doing it enough in my opinion. So it's, it's, um, it's frustrating when a team comes off on 111 win season and loses, uh, the, the amount of talent that this team lost with a Trey Turner, with a Cody Bellinger, who at that time was not Cody Bellinger or this version of Cody Bellinger. Um, and just gets a bunch of random, you know, grab bag stuff at the Goodwill and says, hey, go win us a division. I, I can I can feel the frustration of the fan base. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. I think when you have these many, when you have the pieces in place that they have, there's no reason to punt on this season. And I'm getting sick and tired of seeing fans mention this because I think there is some truth to the fact that, hey, you are trying to look ahead to Shohei Otani, whether it be trying to acquire him during this season. I think that 
Artie Moreno would rather set his grandma on fire than trade Shoei Otani to the Dodgers. So I think that's unrealistic. And then trying to go after him in the offseason, too, I think you just never know, right? So I think you have to put yourself in a position to compete each and every year. And so far, the early returns on this team, they are right middle of the pack, pretty much offensively. The power numbers are there. The home runs are there. I don't think the offense really is the problem. Yes, the five through nine hitters, they've had their off nights. But the fact that they have found production of late, from certain guys, I mean, Peralta's had some hits you know, re recently today. Of course, he broke up the perfect game, had the big walk-off last weekend. But really, the pitching, they're just middle of the pack. I mean, the starters, middle of the pack in ERA. Strikeouts, they're 16th in the league. The bullpen, I think Bruce Dar has been a positive bright spot. But still, the team as a whole, from a pitching standpoint, I think Andrew Freeman needs to burn up that cell phone right now and really make some calls and see who's available out there because if they're committed to winning this season, they are going to have to make some make some moves and make some gambles and go after some pieces because as it stands right now, there's just not a lot of guys you can point to to say, oh, the team is going to be okay because the bullpen, they've struggled and they're not really built to be a dominating bullpen yeah. in this day and age. So yeah, I'm definitely a little worried. Roy Estrada's prediction, if the team continues to hover at 500, there will be a manager change or a pitching coach change. Do you think either of these guys, being Dave Roberts or Mark Pryor, have any shot at losing their job this year? Or even, hey, let's say Robert Manskoyak. Do you think there's a chance? In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. I would say probably no. I think RVS probably is the one that if you had to pick one of the three that would leave, it'd be him. But even that, I don't think that would be the move. I think if someone has to fall on the sword, it might be him, especially if the offense struggles in the postseason. He's the guy you could point to and say, oh, we're going to try a different philosophy. We're going to try to bring in a hitting coach that is a little more bat-to-ball related versus the lift and launch angle trying to mm -hmm. slug, and maybe they want to go a different route. We know Mark Pryor's going nowhere. I mean, yeah. if <laughs> he gets fired, there'll be a line around the block for Miles to try to hire him because he's Dr. Mark Pryor in his pitching lab. Dave Roberts <laughs> is an interesting one. I mean, he signed that extension, of course. We know that he's their guy, but the reality is with Dave Roberts is if they were to fire him, it would just be from an optics perspective. It would just yeah. be from a narrative perspective because if they do an interview, and I'm Andrew Friedman and the first five minutes of that interview is, hey, how well do you work with the media? How well do you work with people? How well are you with all the things that are related to the manager that don't involve making all the moves as far as the bullpen and yeah. the starting pitching and the lineup? Because guess what? Me and this big team of analytics guys behind me are going to have a big role in that. So even if you bring in another Dave Roberts, it'll be Dave Roberts in disguise, yeah, right? The same exact thing who doesn't have the same media rapport and I, I got to learn a whole new manager 101 because I already know all the Dave-isms, so that's the whole thing. But 
this, this once again doesn't necessarily come down to Dave Roberts. And I want to shout him out for a second because that that the Thursday night game that was a, a clinic, in my opinion, put on by him. Every move he made was the right move. You lost your pitcher in the fourth inning. Your starting pitcher. Uh, he he went to the right relievers at the right time. Uh, he he pinch hit with Mookie Betts at the right time. Got him in the lineup, and and things just sort of worked out to where you get this you know, grand slam out of, out of your rookie who's hitting in the leadoff spot. So shout out. I don't think enough credit goes to Dave when things are going right. Uh, a lot goes when things are going wrong. A lot of problems go towards him, but um, yeah, I would say kind of my answer to the whole Dave Roberts, very safe. He has a roster that is not, uh, not very good and is pretty friggin' hurt. Yeah. And they know the deal. They know Dave Robertson company know that, yeah, this was almost going to be a transition, kind of a leaner year until they assess their needs and figure things out. And we know also Dodger fans would blame Dave Roberts for the sinking of the Titanic, right? I mean, they blame him for every single thing that's gone wrong Dave in the Roberts history of the world. Ahead. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Is that, is that how it works? That's how it works. But hey, hey, I like I like this angle um, from Anthony Keene. Our boy Keene says uh, this losing is part of the plan. The Dodgers are doing their best 2019 Nationals impression. So power of positive drinking. <laughs> power of positive drinking. There it yeah, is. As I said before, you know what? I'm going to call that our Hornito shot taker of the day. There it is. Let's go. There you go. My Keen. man Anthony Keene. The hat we is owe, in the mail. We owe him a shot. We probably should start pouring. Well, we can't. Again, we can't drink on the... The show, and neither should you guys drink responsibly. But Keen, great, great comment. I like it. It's, it, it gives positive. It gives uh, hope. And that's a thing Dodger fans need right now because everybody loves to overreact except for the few old heads who pop in from Facebook who are like, you kids aren't fans. This is how baseball works. Yeah, but nobody wants to tune into a show to be like, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry. Dave Roberts is going to do his job well. And Mookie's going to hit a million homers. No, that's not a fun show. We want to be like, everything is terrible. My cat is on fire. <laughs> that's what you want. You want hellfire. You get want me off this ride. Get me off this ride. You got something? We got something from DJ producer Cody. I got two super chats again. Two super, two super chats? chats? Let's get it. Legendary Friday. Uh, absolutely. Da and speaking of a legend, we have Diane Schroeder. Diane! <laughs> Let's DN go. Hall of Famer, $20. She said, why was James, you can't get me out, man, batting at, in the sixth spot. And then I'll get to the second one right now. The second super chat was from Lori O, 999. She said, why would Otani want, oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Thank yeah. you, Lori. Respect, Lori. Uh, Lori O, <laughs> 999. Why would Otani want to sign with LA, with the Dodgers if we end up mid? That's what he already has. Our uh, Rob uh, RVS needs Needs to start earning his money. The team's K rate is horrible. We all need a drink. Okay. You be ready for the Otani. I want to get on the Outman thing. Uh, and we're going to talk more about it in, in a couple of minutes. But I uh, I did not like to see Outman batting sixth in today's lineup, Friday's lineup. But I understand the why. There was a left-hander on the mound. So he's still a rookie. He's still green. And Dave still needs to find that trust trust to leave him in the same spot day in day out but i fully believe he should be moving and he should be moving higher but somebody paid you to talk about shohei otani yeah what was the otani <laughs> question again uh why would he want to come to to the dodgers if they're such a mid team right now he already has one of those teams i think what a lot of players look at when it comes to deciding their team that he's going to sign with is 
is the commitment there. And you can't question about uh, you can't question that about this organization from financial resources, from if you look at the player development, if you look at the farm system, Shohei Otani is going to realize that they're going to develop prospects that they can trade for chips. They're going to develop prospects that can help me win. He also realized that if I'm going to sign with a team, I'm going to take a large chunk of that salary. I'm going to probably make 50, 60 million dollars a year. I do think we should just have the Otani patch to try to get a discount on him. That'd be just fine. But he also realized that one player doesn't do it. He's learned that in Anaheim. He's played alongside the best player in this generation, and that is Mr. Mike Trout. And he knows that at this point. He knows you can't win without depth. And I think the Dodgers will be able to sell him on the fact that we are willing to go out there and sign guys on the margins also to Shohei. Players want to come and play for the Dodgers. Look at Noah Syndergaard. He's a guy who got a, got a multi-year contract with another team. Look at Tyler Anderson last year. Look at J.D. Martinez this year. He could have gotten a multi-year deal with another team. The Dodgers, one, they're able to maximize and max guys out, optimize talent. They're able to identify sort of the diamond in the rough types, the reclamation projects, and they're able to develop guys from the farm system. So the big sell job for me is there's not just one way that we can get talent. We do it from a lot of different angles. And I think if Otani wants to win now, I think part of the sell job is, okay, we're going to sign you. We're also going to be very aggressive. We're going to pitch him on the fact that, let's say they didn't make a big move this offseason and you still have Diego Cartaya and Bobby Miller and some of these guys. Well, guess what? With you here, we have to win a World Series in the next two to three years because we don't know how long you're going to be able to pitch, how long you're going to be able to hit on the same level at the same time. So I think they're going to push all their chips in. So to me, also, you talk about the West Coast. It's no secret. Japanese players, they want to be on the West Coast. So yes, I know that Stephen Cohn could just buy him a spaceship as a part of his contract. But still, I still think the Dodgers, they have a great chance of signing Otani if he hits the open market. My big concern would be that if he is traded to a team during the season, the incumbent always has a strong advantage. And if let's say the Mets land him where really from a farm system standpoint, that is a little bit of a stretch. If a team like the Mariners or the Giants, one of those teams land him, Shohei seems like a very loyal guy that I think he would strongly consider that. But uh, yeah, I still think the Dodgers have a good shot at Shohei. I think my big fear is that he stays with the Angels because he is loyal. Yeah. It does mean a lot to them, to him, that they signed him when he did. And the Dodgers, remember, they didn't want him to to be a multi-sport, uh, to pitch and hit back when they originally scouted him when he was a teenager. So yeah, yeah they have a long history, but I still think, that, I still think Otani to the Dodgers makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I really Diane, do. There's a terrible comment here. But uh, Diane, Lori, appreciate the Super Chats. Everybody so far, appreciate the Super Chats. Uh, you guys have been great. Uh, a bunch of really good comments in here. Where we we the goal today was to be really good about the comments, and you guys are 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 blowing up the chat. So we, we appreciate it. A lot of folks talking about Mookie leading off, and and uh, maybe some change going there. Wanting to see Outman leading off. Um, I saw one comment earlier that said, "I didn't know that Craig Kimbrell was the Dodgers pitching coach," and I'm just like, "Bruh, oh, they all have Kimbrellitis right now." Bigly, bigly. They all have Kimberlitis. Just I mean, saying. Missing their spots. It's one of your better ones. I mean, it's a real condition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yancio Monte is currently suffering from it. Oof. But. I don't want to get into that one. Uh, so let, let's talk about that. The, the idea is, hey, do we change things uh, for the sake of just trying something different? And what you guys could try to do different is use our promo code Dodgers Nation at MyBookie. I just wanted to throw that out there because if you use it, then they might keep coming back to us and giving us more money to talk about it. So my bookie, use it. Just saying. Dodgers Nation, promo code. But uh, Mookie, 
Betts played shortstop, got his first chance, and looked really good on a play that was for somebody uh, of the athletic ability and talent of Mookie Betts was a relatively easy play. I could have made that play. Both guys would have been safe, but I could have done the same thing as well. He made it, made it look good. And, uh, I mean, to get your, after all of the talk about, I want to go to the infield, I want to play second base, and now it's like, no, I want to play short. I was like, more, 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 give me more. He's kind of proven maybe he deserves a little bit more. Maybe he can be, as Dave said, hey, I think we can kind of start calling him, uh, I think Dave said it, but I saw somebody say it, kind of start calling Mookie Betts a little bit of a utility player. Apparently he's going to start wearing a cup in the outfield just in case he moves into the infield, which thanks for the info, Dave. But I like the idea because it could be a game changer for a team that has god-awful numbers at the shortstop position right now. Um, it also alleviates an outfield logjam of, yeah, there's outfielders that aren't great, but maybe they need to play a little bit more to, to figure it out. Um, and he's better than Luke Williams, Mookie Betts, breaking news. Mookie Betts is a better baseball player than Luke Williams. Stop the presses. As, uh, they said back in Doug's day, um, I know you have, uh, opinions on Mookie at short. Now's the time to dump them out. Yeah, I would say at this <laughs> point of the say. season, I mean, look, you look at the shortstop position. Like I said, they've combined to go 10 for 83 on the year. Offensively, they've been a no-show. And I think Mookie, he provides that spark. I think he really, you saw last night, I think his big play, and yes, a lot of little leaguers could make that 6-3 double play, <laughs> but did you see the air? Did you see the throw? Did you see? Well, I like the, it was kind of borderline unnecessary air, but it was also useful air. Yeah, but it was yeah, the Derek yeah. Jeter school oh, of fake. Oh, he said it. Of fake. He said it. I was hoping I would goat him into it. And yeah. he, I got it. Jita. But look, I mean, when you, when you consider the fact that he hadn't played shortstop at the professional level since July 6, 2012, when he was playing for Lowell against the Auburn Double Days, and the fact that he can come off cold <laughs> off the bench, play, a baseball reference. play shortstop, exactly, <laughs> play shortstop and still look the part. And I think that you don't look at it as just him playing shortstop, I think you look at what it does to this lineup as in the fact that he gives more life to this lineup and you're playing against a, let's say they face a right-handed hitter, a right-handed pitcher, you're going to need it. I mean, they're this Sunday they're playing uh, Wes, uh, Wes Neskis on the mound, right? And if you have him at shortstop... It's a name. <laughs> it's a name. Uh, if you have him at shortstop <laughs> and you look at the outfield, you can throw in a Peralta. You can throw in a James Alvin, a Jason Hayward, and kind of take advantage of that. And the reality is, with Will Smith out, with Miguel Rojas he shelled with Chris Taylor the year that he's having Mookie bets at shortstop. He gives this offense the best chance to generate runs. And I think too, I think from just a pure excitement and just a spark and lighting a fire under this team standpoint, he gives energy. He, he yeah, he, yeah. he had a smile. He was excited to play baseball. We know he doesn't like playing right field. He just, as he says, they pay me a lot of money to do it. Doesn't really inspire uh, a fan base to be like, yeah, he's super into this job. He does it incredibly well, but he's also, you know, kind of was drafted as a middle infielder. He was drafted yep. as a shortstop. He, he's, I think he's shut up enough people about his ability to play second base. He looks smooth. And this is with minimal time there. Um, he looked smooth at shortstop. You got the video. Check it out at DMAC underscore LA on Twitter. Um, you got the video of him working out at shortstop like he does before every single game. 
I'm not saying this is the long-term solution. I'm not saying it couldn't be the long-term solution if things really, really, really work out a certain way. Um, but it's an option for now that's better than Luke Williams. And guess what? Jason Hayward is better than Luke Williams. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hate myself for saying it. Trace Thompson is a better option than Luke Williams in the lineup right now. David Peralta needs to be in there. James Altman needs to be in there every day. Luke Williams does not. I'm sorry. He's not your starting shortstop. You're not winning the games anyways. See what happens with Mook until, I mean, CT's, oh, CT needs some time in the outfield. Yeah, he's going to play more shortstop when he's healthy, but he's he's not healthy right now, and that's the thing. And Miguel Rojas is not healthy. And when he is healthy-ish, he's, he's batting a buck 40. It's it's about just doing something different. If this makes the dude happy and he plays well, maybe he goes off, he goes on a tear. You know, it it's something. It's a spark. We need something that sparks joy. Yeah, no, those are all great points. But I think too, look, this is the most difficult position to play defensively for a lot of different reasons. And one of them is you have to cover a lot of ground. You have to make that long throw from the hole. We know he has a rocket arm. He can make that throw, but also it's physically demanding. You are the captain out there on the infield. You're going to be calling guys off. You're going to be going for a shallow fly balls. I can see Mookie build those instincts all things he can do all things he can do he has all the tools Mookie Betts has the tools to be a competent at the very worst big league shortstop I would like to see them play Mookie Betts at shortstop until at the very least Miguel Rojas can get healthy just for the simple fact that this team needs more offense and putting Mookie at shortstop gives them more offense Luke Williams he's almost like a 4A player right he's not a guy that you can expect to produce at the big league level and there just is no infield depth right now for this Dodger team I mean you'd have better luck finding a Padres World Series trophy in the Padres trophy case than finding infield depth for the Dodgers right now. And I think just the fact that you have Mookie that's open to the idea, a guy that isn't just a good right fielder, he's a six-time Gold Glove Award winning right fielder. But on the negative side of that, I would say he is your best defender, right? Yeah. And you would essentially be taking your best defender out of his best position and having him play shortstop. So does your defense overall take a hit? And then at some point, those reps at shortstop start to take their toll. And I would want to see how his offense perform because will he be able to produce offensively and play shortstop, turn double plays, make tough throws, be involved in so many different plays. You can't take a a play off at this shortstop position, but the same token, what they always say is shortstops always say is the most fun position to play on the field. And I think Mookie's up for it. This is, uh, I I had a thing. I was going to channel my, my inner Jerry Harrison jr. It's like, this guy is an athlete. This is a guy that can play anywhere. He could bowl a 300 game. He could hit a 350 yard drive. All right. That's enough. Jay hair. Mookie Betts is, even at the, the ripe old age of 30 is still the best athlete on this team. And yeah, you take his six gold gloves out of right field. Guess what? Right now you could plug in five gold gloves with J, J, uh, Jason Hayward or potentially future gold gloves with James Outman if he's not in center field. So you're not going to lose very much in the outfield and, and you're giving yourself uh, an athlete and a different look at short to honestly at this point, if they are going to be a 70 win team or something, it's, it's find out what you have for next season. I'm, uh, we are not punting, but if you, if you know, you have a little more optionality out of it, then you can look at, you know, maybe, maybe uh, the Dodgers would have been in a little more on Aaron judge or something. I don't know. I'm just speaking out of my ass here right now, but beep. Thank you. But um, 
I like the idea. Uh, and and again, uh, you don't have Rojas. Rojas hasn't, hasn't played very well, hasn't looked good when he's out there because he's not playing healthy. I like what Dodgers Chloe says. Our friend says, at this point, even Alvin could be our shortstop because it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a different look. Yeah, and another one who's an athlete. But Mookie Betts is an infielder. Yeah, he came up as an infielder. I have no doubts that he can play the position, but this is a guy that has dealt with injuries. Do you want to risk him being injured? But look, I'm all for it. I want to see Mookie Betts play shortstop. At this point in the season, with this team hovering around 500, let's get weird. Let's try things out. You never know. Maybe Mookie likes the position. Maybe he grades out as a plus defender. And if that's the case, who knows? Maybe you have Mookie Betts as your shortstop for the future. You just never know until you give guys these opportunities because the reality is it's a major unknown. They don't have an extensive amount of tape to look at how he fares at that position. And if he can't play that position, I mean, it, 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 a lot of domino effects happen. I mean, what happens with Gavin Lux? What happens with Miguel Vargas? What happens with some of these other players down the line? But I think right now this team, they need something to give them life, and Mookie playing shortstop, I think, would accomplish that. But I mean, look, he can do it all. Like you said, he can dunk a basketball. He can do a Rubik's Cube in under 30 seconds. Can he pitch, though? Maybe he can be a reliever. This team needs a lot of help. Can he manage? Can he be a GM? I mean, there's a lot of things that Mookie hopefully could do, but I'm all for it at this point in the season. And also, too, on top of the fact that this trade market for the shortstops that yeah, I literally spend rough. almost half of my life monitoring, it's non-existent. Not lying. It doesn't exist right yeah. now. Willie Adamas has having a really nice start. Last season wasn't a fluke. He has made some legitimate changes that have enhanced his game. And the Brewers, they're not going to trade him early. No. Tim Anderson, they're not going to trade him now. If you're going to get a shortstop trade, it's going to be close to the deadline. And if the, if the Dodgers struggle at this point, in May, in June, this division, they could be five, 10 games back. So they need a spark now. And I think an infusion of that Mookie Betts talent. Also think too, if he goes there and he puts up a really nice season offensively while changing positions, I want to give Mookie Betts the MVP for doing that. Cause that is a guy yeah. that is all in and saying, whatever you need me to do, yeah. I will embrace that. And, and I think he's willing to do it. And that's what he said. And I think this, you know, I will go out on a very, very clearly strong limb here and saying that I think there's a, a relatively strong chance, I'm going to go double strong here, that Mookie Betts might be a better shortstop than Trey Turner at this point in his career. Because, I don't know, we saw a season of Trey at short, and it, it didn't leave us overly inspired there. But at, at, at this point in the year, a week to 10 days is not going to kill the team to see what Mookie can do with a quasi-extended run at the position. And, it, it, again, it just opens up more opportunity in the outfield to really see what these guys can do because you need to know what an outfield of Hayward and Thompson and Peralta can do or if you need to dump these dudes to improve the bench uh, to improve the roster for what you hope is going to be a, a deep playoff run. Uh, getting to some comments here. Uh, hope you guys are enjoying the conversation so far. I'm sure I pissed off some folks with the Trey Turner talk. Uh, that thing went wonky, but uh, blue uh, Haven sports cool. cards. Hey, residuals. This is a low that we are blue Haven, uh, sir or madam. Uh, says Eddie's Leonard. Uh, Eddie's Leonard is the best solution. Uh, if Eddie's Leonard was the best solution, if Horbit Vivas was the best solution, dudes would have been on the active roster already. They have, they don't have faith in them as big leaguers. The only reason they're on the forty-man roster is because they didn't want to give them away to other teams through the Rule Five draft. But 
one of or both of those guys' days are very much numbered on that 40-man because they're going to need some roster spots very, very soon. VTrack says, what the F is wrong with Chris Taylor? I don't know. We'll get into that another show. I don't want to talk about Chris Taylor. Um, the other thing we kind of wanted to talk about in, in this regard, if you do move, and I I know you wanted to talk a, a bit about the idea of signing somebody out of the organization, Jose Iglesias or something like that. Um, do you really want to dive into that too much? I'm, 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 I'm open. Okay. Okay. We don't have to. We don't have to. Whatever I mean, you got. I don't want I it. saw a lot of Dodger fans clamoring for it yesterday. Jose Iglesias, we know he had that touching moment with Freddie Freeman last year. And yeah, he's a good guy. But I mean, even his defensive metrics, they've fallen off quite a bit. I mean, old now. they had him 26 runs worse than average at shortstop since the start of the 2021 season. Past two seasons, StatCast has him as a league average defender. So it's not like he's going to be even a plus glove. So I think Miguel Rojas still has the possibility and the potential to be a better defender than Iglesias. But a couple of things he does well, he doesn't strike out very much, a 12% strikeout rate for the Rockies last year, 118 games, he hit 292. So the Dodgers lacking just the ability to put the ball in play at times, he definitely would help that. But then I think at this point, he doesn't move the needle to the extent where you say, okay, go after a Jose Iglesias. Yes, the infield depth is a problem, but let's not forget, he opted out of that Marlins minor league deal. He gets to choose where he's going to play, and that's going to come with some guarantees from a club in the role that's he's going to have. So I think he ends up with the Boston Red Sox, a team where he had success with, he was able to to provide some depth, and I think they need a shortstop. So I don't love the idea of Jose Iglesias, I'll be honest with you. I would rather go big game hunting later in July and go with Mookie Betts as the shortstop right now just on the simple fact that I'm just very intrigued by the idea just because it'd be such a great story, and I think <laughs> yeah. this team needs a boost of life. So. Base baseball really wants to see it, in my opinion. On Iglesias, my, my last point outside of no, I do not want Jose Iglesias as a Los Angeles Dodger. Um, the other thing is if you sign him, if you sign him yesterday, he's still not here for yeah. 15 to 20 days at best because he's got to go through a minor league stint to get up to, you know, into playing shape, into playing mode to get his bat up to its 270 with no on base or whatever it may be. Um, I mean, I will say there is something to the comfortability of playing within the division you're familiar with. So yeah. we, we know he knows his division, but also it's more of a balanced schedule. Now you're not playing your division opponents as much. So yeah, I don't think I would give that one a one to have Dodger dogs. Okay. I don't think that's going to happen. So I think that uh, is a jet pass meter, a jet pass. And yeah, that just Ken Rosen thought, I mean, I don't think that one's going to happen. The but, rumor uh, meter comes to blue heaven. Uh, one comment. And I know we got something from DJ producer Cody, but, uh, Sarah Morris says, you convinced me Mookie should be the shortstop. That's what we do here. We convince people. And also a great comment here from V-Track. Hey, today was a great lineup. Only three guys hitting under 200 at the start of the game. Brouch. Cody, what you got for me? Of course. It's another super Let's chat. Go. <laughs> oh, my shoulder. But I'm going to do this. Michael. Beca oh, sorry. Because they earned it. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Carrillo for two dollars said trade for Whit Merrifield, Dane Dunning, and Peraza. All of them? He said all of them. All right, we got a whole new infield. I mean, thank I like, you, Michael. Yeah, Super chat. Yeah, Dunning. I mean, D Dunning definitely has gone up to a really nice start pitcher for the Texas Rangers. I mean, he's a guy that, yeah, some of these Rangers pitchers 
if they are going to sell, I think there's some attractive names. Peraza, I'm not as big on it as some other folks out there. I think you don't want to start that process. I don't think the Dodgers are in a position where you're going to bring in a guy that's going to require tons of runway, tons of developing, and really, you're going to have the learning curve. And just like they're going through with Miguel Vargas, you have to accept the failure. When it comes to these young guys, like let's say for whenever time Miguel Vargas goes to the plate and he strikes out, I still think I'm gaining something from that because experience is currency. If Jason Hayward or Trey Thompson goes to the plate and they strike out, it does nothing for me because, look, you are benefiting from every pitch you see at the big league level, and I think Praza is in a similar situation. I mean, if the Yankees, I mean, Volpe hasn't really been great. I mean, he's a great base runner, but, I mean, didn't quite win the job. As far as Whit Merrifield, I just don't think that's a legitimate possibility yeah, at that this was, point. That was like a five or six ago, six year ago guy that was very heavily linked to the team maybe not that long but uh is he doing okay i not looked at Whit Merrifield's numbers he's doing okay I mean he's hitting for average hitting over 300 the OPS I think that's, didn't, didn't he get moved to like the outfield now too or is he still just now he's sort of a utility guy yeah it's kind of mixing and matching with him I mean if you look at him though not really a power guy I mean, yeah, I don't want, 34 I don't want years this, old. to see them go out and get just another body. That's not what we're looking for here. This is a team that needs um, a kind of game changer at the position. And, you know, we know we know when he's healthy, Miggy is Miggy Rowe is, is a beast at the position, but we haven't seen him healthy. And, and um, that's a that's a that's a massive concern there. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a good point. Is some of these names that the Dodgers have been linked with over the years, you see those names continue to be recycled and resurfaced. But Whit Merrifield is a guy, he's on the Blue Jays, and like you said, they're playing him in right field, they're playing him in left field, they're playing him at second base, but he's not going to do very much for this team, I think. Also, I mean, the Blue Jays, they're a team who a lot of people, Alana Rizzo picked them to win the World Series this season. So, I mean, there are people that think that they're going to contend, so I don't anticipate that at all. I think you just got to let this market continue to develop. I still think I mean, I'll say it. Said it before. I said it a million times. I think Tim Anderson will be available at the deadline if they want to go the shortstop route and mix and match with their lineup. That's the thing. White Sox are bad, dude. Yeah, they just they just stay bad. Yeah, they really are. I mean, our team that really should just accept wave the white wave the White Sox flag and just accept the rebuild. But uh, yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about Michael Bush? I mean, I think. Yeah, hold on. We got another another one. DJ producer Cody coming in hot with another super chat. Thank you guys. Appreciate I'm, the support. I'm actually going to make this one another hornito shot taker. Oh, all right. Let's go. Um, a comment of the live stream. There we go. Hornitos all <laughs> up in your face. Please drink responsibly. Alexander Rose 499 said, let's get that Clint magic touch effect on the whole team. But Altman, because he don't need it. Altman good. Altman great. <sighs> In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. I'm going to see what I can do. I'm going to go to Dodger Stadium. Next time they're here, check out Manny Moda's uh, Legend of Dodger Baseball induction Get myself. Are you going well, to the game? Looks, well, it looks like a great bobblehead, by the way. It's not in the works yet, but I just decided that looked like a good game, and I don't want to go to a Friday night game. So a Saturday evening game sounds like fun, and it's a, bo- a bobblehead. So um, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to magic touch all of them with consent. That's what they need. Is that, was that the button you wanted? Okay, thank you. 
Appreciate the super chat, Alex. All right, uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about Big Bush, Michael Bush. Oh, by the way, as as more part of the um, changing things for the sake of changing things, we're staying on Mookie bets just for a second. Maybe we dive more into this on Monday because I I I think tomorrow tomorrow being Saturday, I I feel Dave is going to do what. Uh, what what he's done uh, like when he faces the media scrutiny he's like no enough I, you know I'm not worried I'm not worried I'm not worried and then he comes in with there's a change there's a lineup there's something different mm -hmm. yep I think James Altman right now also should be leading off and I think you're gonna see James Altman leading off and you're gonna see Mookie Betts batting third until at at the very least until Will Smith gets back it, it's another one where it's it's not it's not gonna hurt you to give it a whirl. Yeah, I think, I mean, he brings a lot to the table as a leadoff hitter. Like I said, the strikeout rate is a little high. It's starting to balloon up there, but he's still getting results. And also, as a runner, he's has the 25th fastest sprint speed in the league. He's in the 92nd percentile when it comes to <laughs> overall sprint speed. And yeah, I mean, what can you say about James Outman? I mean, this guy is a guy who can get Chick-fil-A on Sundays, okay? <laughs> this is a guy that probably hit a 500-foot home run on a bunt when no he was well, in the league. where are you at? That, yeah, that is one of your. I, that's I, pretty honestly, good. I gotta say, he's one of that's those a, guys. I'm telling you, that's a Hall of Fame. I'm gonna give Doug some <laughs> horny those for a Hall of Doug, Fame. That was, that was Doug the best one. No, but the reality with James Alman, I mean, you can get a you get a Big Mac at Burger King. I mean, there's a guy that he is the talk of the Dodgers nation right now for good reason. And it's not that I'm against having him as a leadoff hitter. I just this team needs run producers and yeah. he has shown the ability to slug and the bottom of the lineup. I don't trust the bottom of the lineup as much to get guys on base, to put ducks on the pond, to give him opportunities to drive in runs. But still I do like what he brings as far as a spark. And I think too, I, I like the idea, but not as much as I think the continuity of Mookie at leadoff. I think with Will Smith out, that changes everything. If we're talking about in yeah, the short term the right, now, right now, I'm okay. And with all it. of this I'm to me is okay kind of it. short, uh, short term. Because you're you're experimenting. Because we knew, I think we all knew, or most of us probably felt deep down in our subcockle region that, <laughs> uh, sir, that this was, uh, I want to say probably not, but maybe had a chance to not be a division-winning team, maybe had a chance to not win 90 games, definitely had uh, an unlikelihood of winning 100 games again. This was going to be a transition year all the way through and through. It's an, it's at a time. It's an opportunity to experiment a little bit because the expectations are a little bit lower. Yeah, the expectation is you got to go out there and win more ball games than you're winning right now because you're a game under 500, 21 games in. But if you have a, a little bit of wiggle room to like lean on, hey, we don't have any better options. Um, you try Mookie batting third. He said he's open to it. You try Mookie bets at shortstop and you lean into the full James Altman narrative uh, as, as a leadoff guy, because so far as a leadoff guy, he has uh, what five RBI. And I think he's four for 12 in the leadoff spot. He's getting the job done. Yeah, no, he absolutely is. Uh, what I'm focusing on with James Altman is look, Altman has been outstanding. We know that, but at some point he is going to, 
have a slump. He's going to have a cold spell. You stop wishing this. No, I'm not exist. wishing it. I'm just You're, saying. Sorry, you, you keep bringing that up and keep saying that that Miguel Vargas is going to positively regress and that the other one is going to negatively regress. It's going to. No, no. So the, the thing, but like. Maybe this is just James Outman and maybe that's just Miguel Vargas. One is ready, one is not. I think even the greatest players, Freddie Freeman went through a cold spell. All the Fake great news. players <laughs> go through cold spells. It's not who they are. Yeah, yeah. But I think if you look how. If you look at some of his biggest hits, I mean, if you look at James Albin, he turns that on thriller, fastballs down the, uh, in the beat it. <laughs> beat it's a great movie. Um, <laughs> it's a great song. Not, I broke his brain. I, sorry, I'll stop derailing. And if you look at beat it during the, uh, the the guitar break, it's like two minutes in. You can hear a knocking, and that's Van Halen trying to get into the studio, and they still left that in there. But yeah, it's a interesting factoid there. The but, more you know, hundred yeah. hundred. Uh, uh, Michael Jackson facts with Doug McCain. <laughs> 42. <It's> Mind-blowing <laughs> Michael Jackson Dodgers facts. legend Tommy Lasorda <laughs> once called it Thriller on Earth. Well, Beat is based on the movie West Side Story. Um, yeah. he's he's See, he's got the facts. Go watch the... Doug hey, wait, brings his facts to the no. fight. We're, so it's not that I don't want to see him at the leadoff spot. Like I said, the big thing for me is... I want to like can, really explore this Michael Jackson can, thing. Well, right, go, no, you're good. Okay, go ahead. Continuing on the path that he's on. But I think, like I was saying, the way that pitchers are attacking him, you're seeing him have a lot of success on fastballs on the inside corner, just using that stroke. I mean, I'm thinking 2015 Corey Seager, 2016 Corey Seager, that short stroke, get into the ball, hitting for power. And I think he's going to continue that. But like I was trying to allude to is that when he does have a little bit of a slide, just that first time he bounces back then we know it's going to be smooth sailing the rest of the way i think that's going to be good for his growth because i don't care who you are all big leaguers are going to struggle at times but right now james Altman, i mean he's seen the ball so well hey i want to basically i want to say this too i remember james Altman even before gavin lux sustained the injury i still said that i want him as my starting center fielder and he had some experts out there saying, oh, he has the options left. Let's bring him up two months into the season, and that would make more sense. The reason why I was against that so passionately is because he had nothing more to learn down there. He yeah. has raked at every level, and also – the start of the season is always going to be about assessing your needs, and they had to see what they had in James Albin, and they have seen so far, and now they're in a good position moving forward. So, yeah, it kind of they kind of lucked out in the fact that he was able to stumble into a role because of injuries, but he's made the most of it, and I think he's going to be a dude for years to come. I mean, hey, I think it's uh, extend James Albin, right? Give him the lifetime contract. But uh, <laughs> you know, I was one of those guys who said uh, he would probably open the season at AAA, but it wasn't because I wanted him to. It's because I just, that's what you assume the Dodgers are going to do. They're always going to err on the side of being conservative with their roster, with their players. I, I do think that, that what there was um, some sort of CBA change where teams would get like awarded or rewarded for having, you know, minor leaguers start the season with them. So maybe yeah, yeah. that played a role. You, you're not trying to, you know, uh, low-key do service manipu uh, service time manipulation. But um, back to the lecture at hand. It is about time to just change up anything. And that's two massive changes that could lead to just something. You got to come out of uh, uh, Chicago with a split. And you got to come out of uh, Pittsburgh with a winning road trip. That's what this team needs to do if they do it with... And you struggled against them last year. <laughs> hey. Don't sleep on them pirates all of a sudden. Buckos. Um, 
Another guy uh, on the on the point, uh, and we appreciate you guys hanging out with us for as long as we have. You have. Uh, we want to get into more comments and all that too. But one of the things I really wanted to talk about, we'll probably consider diving in more on Monday. But um, you mentioned James Outman has nothing else to prove down at the AAA level. The same goes with Michael F. Bush. Michael Bush is hitting over 350 at at AAA. He's got the ribbies. He's got the slug. He's OPSing, I think, at a thousand over a thousand. Um, he hit 32 bombs last year. This is a kid that is ready to hit. I don't care that he doesn't have a position. You got to put your best squad on the field at some point uh, at the major league level. And you know, you mentioned earlier, like maybe they should have tried to I don't remember if it was during the show or before the show like maybe you try to get him in some more time in left field you know earlier in the season the need looked like it was at third so they started trying to get him in some some action at third I don't care where you play him you need him in the lineup and you need him or at least available off the bench because he's not doing you at the big league level any good helping the triple a team win some ball games yeah, no, exactly. I mean, he is really the ultimate play him or trade him guy because at some point you're doing a disservice to the player because 29 other teams in Major League Baseball, he would have already played. He probably would already have a prominent role. And if you look at Michael Bush, the numbers you rung off, yes, he is raking. He raked last year. This year, OPS close to 1,000. If you look at his exit velocity rates, his hard contact rates, everything projects to a guy that if he was given an opportunity would be making the most of it. I think the gripe that I have is... You went out there and you signed a David Peralta when, yeah, we know that you could have had Michael Bush in the outfield spot and had him as a potential impact left-handed bat, right? Now, the issue I have, too, though, is, look, they are in a spot where Bush, I love Bush, and I think if Bush, <laughs> I think if Bush comes up and is able to produce... At some point, you want to see that, but if he doesn't, you almost have to look. If you if you love someone, then you let him go, right? You let him free. And I think possibly this Dodgers team they see him as a potential trade ship, and I think that's a little risky. Remember Paul Canerco back in the day? Remember some of these guys you let go early on? Remember Jordan Alvarez? Those were Lasorda trades, so let's not get into that. I mean, look, he I, traded Paulie, he traded Pedro. The thing that is for me, James, Tommy Al had no right having so the keys to the so roster. Bad, so <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, those were, uh, he didn't think he was built to be a starter and this and that. Famers. Yeah, no, for sure. And look, every player, Maybe one fringe, you look back and you're going to have some regrettable trades, but still someone like a Michael Bush, he was drafted in the first round. It's not like he was a seventh rounder in James Altman. And I think James Altman, you could see a lack of investment early on with him, but they totally changed his swing. They helped him turn the corner with Michael Bush. You would have expected a guy is a North Carolina Tar Heel coming out of college that he is more seasoning. He has more experience yeah. and that he would have gotten an opportunity a little sooner. He's an athlete, played hockey, played football. I mean, this is a guy that could come up and compete. And we talked to him during uh, spring training and uh, in, in pick a, that up for you. No, in an interview that is on a gold memory card somewhere that we never posted lost the lost tapes. And I remember when I, I looked him dead in the eye <laughs> and I said, Michael Bush, is there a little <laughs> bit of he said. He's full name, <laughs> Mr. Bush? Is there some frustration 
knowing that on in most organizations you would have already gotten that opportunity and he didn't hesitate he said look it's a part of the process and there's so much talent in this organization there's so much talent at multiple positions that you just have to wait for your opportunity and you have to go out there and keep grinding and keep improving and this organization he credits in making him the player that he is today so i think there's a lot of mutual respect with him in the organization but at some point i mean this is Crash Davis down there. I mean, this is a guy that just <laughs> isn't getting his opportunity. And yeah. yeah, if this offense continues to sputter and you're looking around at potential bats, hey, you struck gold on James Altman. And I think part of the doubts with Altman was that, oh, he's a guy that he rakes in at the minor league level. He had some success early on, but can he sustain it? Maybe they have those same thoughts with Michael Bush and some of their doubts. Look, when you hit at the big league level, it's like facing M. Bison in Street Fighter. It's the final boss, okay? It's not like you're playing some of those undercards. It's not you're finding like Blanca and Dalsim in the first couple of stages. No, this is the top level of pitching and it, like I just mentioned the best baseball movie of all time in Bull Durham, and he talks about the difference between minor league pitching and pitching in the show, and you got the fastballs 100 miles per hour, the explosive breaking balls. It's a different animal, and the sooner you start the process, the quicker you're going to see those results. So, yeah, like I said, Bush, I want to see it sooner than later. And the Peralta signing kind of has me a little myth. Yeah, yeah, I, I could understand that fully. But, but the most important question is who's the guy you're picking when you're playing Street Fighter Two? Ryu all day. Hadouken. Step by step I, I, you know, if, if he didn't say Hadouken, I would have not known who Ryu was. That's the problem with this offense. It's just Hadoukens. You need some step by step Hadoukens. You need some all Yukens. You need some different different clubs in your bag. And I think that's kind of one of the you issues. You know what they say to Doug? You know what they say to Doug? They say, you win. You win. Perfect. Perfect. What you got for me, DJ producer Cody? What a perfect! This is I. I feel like this is the best. Um, Let's go. Super chat of the day. No offense to other people. Still yeah, you guys have all still been love great. You guys. All goes. Scabito Gaming four ninety nine. Move your ass closer to the damn board. <laughs> said the Simpsons need a new baseball episode with Ooh. some Dodgers players would sit back and watch it with a nice cup of hornitos añejo. I was I was very worried you would not pronounce it right. What do we think? I'm a professional. Did he nail it? He nailed it, right? Añejo? Hornitos. Añejo. That's how yeah. you say it. Hornitos. Añejo. I can't roll my R's. Sorry. It's all good. I'm I'm very down for an updated... Uh, Homer in the bat? Yeah. Hell yeah. Daryl. it still wouldn't be the same. Who's it going to be? Who, who would be in that episode? You have Aaron Judge. You'd probably have... Man, this feels like old blue heaven now. Aaron <laughs> Just Judge, going off the rails. Kevin Pillar. Kevin uh, Pillar. <laughs> Kevin Pillar, bro. Hey, still miss him. Yeah, you, I mean, they need. I mean, Jose Canseco, of course. I mean, like, you probably would need some. Carlos Correa would be good in it. Carlos Man. Correa as the villain. Us, us talking about this is really going to piss off Joe Mama in the comments. Why? <laughs> I don't know. He's, he, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Noah Noel. <laughs> Uh, I guess that's that's about it, guys. Um, there, there's more comments in here. Let's find a couple more before we get out of here because um, might as well. Diane Schroeder says, I'm not sure Miggy Vargas is ready. I would kind of, I don't know about second that, but I would 1.5 that. This guy is full-blown all about the Miggy Vark train. I'm not selling not any of my Miguel Vargas stock. I'm not. I mean, you see the the potential for a top-level you know, basketball sell hitter. stock until it's worth something. 
bruh. He's uh, still worth something on potential. No, I, I IP, love the he's kid. An IPO I want him to stock. do well. He's an IPO stock. He's yeah. Apple in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Like Miguel Vargas, I think, is a guy, like I said, I really trust the predictive stats. I, tr I trust the expected batting average, the expected slug. The Babbitt numbers have been low. I mean, look, yesterday he had to win two for four, had a double and a single. The yeah. Dodgers, one of their signature wins of the year, he had a double in that game before the Peralta walk-off. I think he's a guy that's not fully healthy, but he's still willing to go through these growing pains. Is he ready? Hey, no one's ever ready for this show. Part of the process of becoming a big leaguer is coming up here and failing, and failing your way to success. And yes, Altman has been hot earlier, but let's not forget, Altman is an older player. He's a more mature player, has had a little more experience. Miguel Vargas, though, I trust that he's going to get there. I really do. I think for him, you can see they're trying to attack him with sliders, low and away. And if you look at his numbers against breaking balls, I think he's hitting like 167, something like that. So hitting big league spin and being a little more aggressive too. I mean, the walks are there. I mean, you, you see the vision that he has. And I think it was Dave that was asked about it a few weeks ago. Do you think that maybe the thumb injury and the hand injury yeah. really led to him taking too many pitches and being a little less aggressive because of the minor league level, you saw a little more bat speed, a little more aggression, certain counts. And I think things will even out for him. And also too, his defensive metrics have been grading pretty well and you gotta have to wait for a little more on that but i still think miguel vargas is going to be that guy vargas had what a, a fractured Fracture pinky, pinky and a thumb injury on a hit by a pitch dude's going through a lot you try hitting with one hand hell yeah we're on that one now oh yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh boomer assassin says who doesn't love bush a because you guys see let me just uh, just dig into that one real quick. Uh, what else we got? Let's see what we got uh, here. Before we get out of here, uh, Alexander uh, praising the DMAC game knowledge. Yeah, that was, that was a good Street Fighter pull. The wrong one. They're almost halfway there. We had a lot of like uh, they they want to see you at shortstop actually. Me at shortstop. Uh, do we ever drop we that the video? video. <sighs> we didn't drop it though. I'll give you guys. I will drop. I will do that this there weekend. Is, there is footage. Guys. There's footage of me playing shortstop at Dodger <laughs> Stadium. I'm wearing an ugly sweater that Jason Hayward made fun of. The <laughs> throws. The fielding was pretty solid. My great first baseman, my gold glove first baseman, I was <laughs> kind of stretching him off the bag a little bit with also, some wide throws. So, also, somebody said uh, Doug at catcher. Guys, Doug is already at catcher. He's a uh, Will Smith. Yeah, the head's oh, a little... My head did I just leak that? He's my a receiver? My, no, yeah, he's Will Smith. Oh, did I just leak that you're Will My oh, head's gosh. not feeling good, guys. I mean, still... <laughs> still under concussion, concussion protocols. Yeah, that concussed um era going here for D. How about this one? This one is one uh, I want you to respond to, Mr. Pacias. Nick says Jacob Amaya should be at shortstop. I see we got a little uh we got we got some Astros and Dodgers fans going back and forth. How about that. Mattel Rulez? I respect that. It sounds like a guy we're cut from the same cloth. He <laughs> said, I went back and watched the 2017 World Series. And yes, Houston would have lost to the Dodgers. They were tipped off in those three games in Houston. Actually, I don't think Houston makes the World Series. So yeah, any Houston hate is absolutely encouraged. See, now it became and welcome. Now it became like post game show. <laughs> that had a post game show feel where he was he was reading it and then he's like, I really want to just stop reading this right now. I I trust me. I, I thought know we were getting to a feel. burn. How about this Great. from Justin Lamas though? This is a Miguel Vargas one. He says Miguel mm -hmm. Vargas wouldn't even be good enough to be offered in a Juan Soto trade LMFAO. I mean, he would I mean th there's a lot of teams out there that 
would absolutely want him in a trade for a big time player. But I mean, you're talking about multiple top five to 10 prospects for a player like that. But how about Bush is ready? That's from Nick Shrunk. So yeah, a lot of Bush love out there. But I mean, I think there's a backup quarterback effect to all this with Michael Bush. You always uh, think the yeah. backup is going to be. Yeah. You want the shiny new toy. You want the back to come up. And uh, Dodger fans just don't like seeing their team be under 500, and that's uh, that's okay. And <laughs> the bush is always greener on the uh, minor league side, as they as say. they say. <laughs> well, I'm going to walk out on this comment here from Dodgers. Chloe he says, "Didn't know Dmac could roll his R's. He's been oh. working." Really, really hard on it. We've been giving him a hard time. He actually has a vocal coach here live in the studio. My friend Buddy. Every day. My buddy over there. Buddy's on Oh! (laughs) Drink responsibly. Uh, We also saw a number of comments, by the way, about uh, Madison Bumgarner. We we were going to talk about him in this show, but instead we we filmed a designated Twitter earlier today, so keep an eye out, out on that over the weekend. We will be back on Monday. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you, everybody, for all of the incredible uh support and the super chats that's awesome but also the comments are we can't get to everybody there's a lot of comments going and doug and i uh talk a lot it's kind of the whole point of the show is a talk show about us uh injury updates will also happen on monday so tune in and tube in on the youtube.com slash dodgers nation tv hit the bell leave a like leave a comment everything really uh, supports us in getting to the top of the algorithms find us on the internet dodgersnation.com that is literally the best way you can support us is by reading our stuff see a lot of me there you see a lot of uh noah there follow noah at noah cameras because he really likes follows we are a podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, the Apple Music on all or the Amazon Music. Everywhere your podcasts are available for free. Chances are we're there. And if we're not, let us know. We're not going to do anything about it. But just download a different app. You can find us. I'm Real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy is DMAC underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. We are Dodgers Nation at Dodgers Nation on Twitter and Instagram and Tic Tac and the, the Facebook and all these places. So go check us out again. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for the support. Thank you for hanging out with us. And we'll see you next week. Bye. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.